This is the Chamber Chat Podcast, the show dedicated to chamber professionals to spark ideas and to get actionable tips and strategies to better serve your members and community. And now your host. As a kid, he was a huge fan of He-Man. He's my dad, Brandon Burton. Welcome to the Chamber Chat Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Burton, and it is my goal here on Chamber Chat Podcast to introduce you to people and ideas to better help you serve your chamber members and your community. You're joining us today for episode number 127, and our title sponsor for Chamber Chat Podcast is Holman Brothers Membership Sales Solutions. Is your chamber struggling to drive the revenue it needs to support your initiatives? It's a common problem, and one that our new title sponsor, Holman Brothers Membership Sales Solutions, knows a lot about. Doug and Bill Holman aren't just sales consultants, they're real-life chamber guys with 20-plus years of chamber leadership experience. They know how to diagnose and solve member recruiting issues faster and better than anyone else, and they're ready to put that knowledge to work for you and your chamber. Call the Holman Brothers today at 619-852-1391 or check them out at holmanbros.com. That's H-O-L-M-A-N-B-R-O-S dot com. Our guest for this episode is Lindsay Kiesler. She's the president and CEO of the Chamber of Catawba County in North Carolina. Lindsay has held several roles with the Chamber at Catawba County since she began her tenure in 2010, but has served as president and CEO since 2017. She radiates with passion for the Catawba County and the work that she is honored to do every day on behalf of businesses specifically executing economic and community development initiatives that lead the way for business growth and success, fostering the creation and filling of jobs and developing community leaders. During her time at the chamber, she's focused her efforts towards organizational excellence, innovation, and strategic planning, which has reaped measurable results for the organization. Most notably, their team was recognized as the 2014 Outstanding Chamber of the Year in North and South Carolina, and they were a recent past Chamber of the Year recipient by ACCE. Lindsay grew up in Conover, North Carolina and graduated from the University of North Carolina at Charlotte in 2009 with a bachelor's in business administration majoring in marketing. In 2013, Lindsay earned her IOM designation from the, from the University of Georgia and earned her CCE of the Carolinas designation in 2018. Lindsay's a Girl Scout Gold Award recipient, a leadership Catawba alumnus, uh, which she was named one of the Greater Hickory Metro's top 10 under 40. She was recognized as a woman of distinction by the Girl Scouts Peaks to Piedmont Council, was named one of the trailblazers by the Business of North Carolina magazine, and was named as the Association of Chamber of Commerce Executives Top 40 Under 40. Lindsay's currently the board president for the Carolinas Association of Chamber of Commerce Executives, a Rotarian, and serves on numerous local boards and commissions. Lindsay resides in her hometown and considers her most important roles to be wife to her husband, Corey, and mother to her two sons, Jeb and McCoy. Lindsay, I'm excited to have you with me on, on Chamber Chat Podcast today. If you would take a moment to say hello to all the Chamber champions that are out there listening and share something interesting about yourself so we can all get to know you a little better. Great. I sure will. Brandon, uh, first of all, I want to thank 
you for the invitation to be on your podcast today. I, uh, of course, have listened to several past episodes uh, of certainly of leaders in our industry that I greatly admire and respect. So it's quite the honor to be a guest for you today. A um, couple interesting things. I'll do one more personal one, a little bit more professional in nature. I always say I'm a lover of family, community, and just a good adventure. And so lately, due to COVID, we've been outside a lot. And as you mentioned, uh, I, the most important, my most important role uh, and title is is mom uh, to, to to my two boys. So I'm a hashtag boy mom. <laughs> so we spend a lot of time outside. Uh, I'm, I'm, I've done a lot of hiking these days in the beautiful Blue Ridge Mountains of North Carolina. Uh, lots of kayaking on Lake Hickory, uh, park hopping just around the region, and uh, we ride a lot of bikes uh, in our neighborhood. And so, uh, or it, electronic uh, tractors in our driveway. So, uh, <laughs> so doing a lot of that these days. So I enjoy being outside and uh, just an active lifestyle. And then, secondly, another unique fact about me, and this is not very common. Uh, particularly in our industry, but I have the rare treat of leading the chamber in my own hometown where I grew up. So um, yes, long uh, come from a long line of community servants, whether they were entrepreneurs or elected officials. And uh, little did I know my passion for business and my passion for community could collide uh, with chamber work. So uh, quite the treat. Yeah, I would be interested to see how many chamber executives there are out there that are serving in their hometown. That is a, a special privilege that you have. Yeah. Um, well, tell us a little bit about your chamber there in your hometown so we can get a better idea of your perspective as we get into our topic today. Sure, sure. So we are the Chamber of Catawba County. So we are a countywide chamber. Um our offices are located in Hickory, North Carolina. So if you're familiar, I bet you if you would lift up your sofa cushion on your sofa at home, it may be made right here in our community. So uh, we have a legacy of furniture manufacturing, but now it's transitioned to uh, advanced manufacturing, which is actually 28% um, of our workforce uh, three times the national average leading metro in North Carolina for furniture manufacturing. Uh, so Hickory is located, we call it Charlotte's Great Northwest. <laughs> so we're 45 minutes outside of Charlotte, North Carolina, about 90 minutes from Asheville, if you're familiar with Asheville, yeah. North Carolina. Uh, so we're located right in uh, the foothills of Western North Carolina. It's more of a suburban community. So we've got great great amenities of a larger metro, but it, we enjoy, uh, we have the privilege of enjoying small, smaller town living. So our organization specifically serves uh, with eight municipalities within our footprint, okay. um, which is about a population of 165,000 people, but a part of a greater region of th about 325,000 people. Um, full steam, our organization has 17 members. So we're actually filling our final position, the open position uh, as we speak, which is wonderful. Uh, we serve about 800 business partners or what we call shareholders and investors. And uh, we have a budget of approximately $900,000. Um, so I mentioned manufacturing being our largest uh, industry cluster. We also, uh, other 
leading industry clusters would be distribution and logistics, right? So if you make something, you've got to ship it or truck it somewhere. And then um, healthcare as well. We are a regional hub. We're the largest uh, county or largest uh, city municipality with, uh, within our region. So we have a very strong uh, healthcare presence with specialty doctors, but even hospitality and uh, retail, we, there are stronger clusters in this community as well. Awesome. That really paints a, a great picture for us of where you're coming from and, and what your chamber is all about. I appreciate that. So we have a fun topic today. Um, I really am excited to, to get into this topic of leading like a rookie and, and learning what that means to you and kind of the perspective that you have on that. And we will get into that discussion as soon as we get back from this quick break. Are you looking for a year-round affordable and timely shop local campaign for your chamber or CVB? Look no further. Build a custom Eat Shop Play mobile app with App My Community by visiting appmycommunity.com slash chamberchat. App My Community mobile apps are not just simple membership directory listings. They provide many more capabilities to engage with your community. Provide your residents with a robust events calendar, Partner with a local fair, festival, or farmer's market to provide a schedule, map, and other resources to promote the event. Run a small business Saturday campaign any time of the year using built-in scavenger hunts. Allow your membership to communicate directly to their customers via push notifications. Your App My Community mobile app will be a unique member benefit, allow you to generate non-dues revenue with sponsorship opportunities, and best of all, provide a valuable resource to your community. Please visit appmycommunity.com slash chamberchat now to receive 10% off your first year of an App My Community mobile app. All right, Lindsay, we are back and getting into our topic of leading like a rookie. Um, Maybe on a higher level, what does that mean to you to, to lead like a rookie? Well, it actually came about really with my own journey uh, in, in this role. So as you've probably uh, put two and two together, if you're listening uh, today, I, I started in this role when I was 29 years old. So I was a literal rookie, right? I had been in the business for, you know, since 2010. But um, 2017, after that's a whole story as well that I won't go into, but <laughs> I, I accepted the role uh, in following my greatest mentor and predecessor, uh, Danny Hearn, which many of you are probably familiar with, quite the legacy giant in the industry. Um, but I always, when I was approaching the uh, my position, I considered my lack of tenure, right. And lack of age of experience as a somewhat of a disadvantage, right. Like kind of the notch in the disadvantage column as my, for my effectiveness and as a leader, but this rookie mindset piece that we'll get into, um, a little bit more. I know that the, there are attributes that are natural to rookies that all leaders, uh, should possess. Um, there are attributes of looking at your work as if you were looking at it for the first time, every time yeah. is, is really what I call that rookie mindset. So once I realized those natural attributes and advantages of being a rookie, 
I leaned into those and truly used those to my advantage. Yeah, I can see, you know, as a rookie, um, I can see where that imposter syndrome might sit in, where you don't feel like you quite belong and and maybe that notch in the negative column, like you're saying, but to be able to kind of turn that on its head and say, okay, I am a rookie, but what benefits does that give me? And I think there's a lot of great attributes that we can talk about as far as being a rookie and looking at it, you know, looking at the job through the eyes of a rookie, even if you're not a rookie anymore. Um, and I'm speaking to a lot of you that are listening. <laughs> so yeah. what are some of these attributes that stand out to you as a, a rookie? Sure. I mean, think of our current, the current climate that we're in, right, Brandon? I mean, we, the only thing guaranteed is, is constant change, you know, from think of the, the pandemic that we've all been through and, and how we had to adapt and shift and pivot in order to continue to add value to our, our partners. And um, think of just the cultural changes and the generational changes that, that are occurring. And, and rookies are able to adapt, uh, adapt quickly because they're sort of ignorant to fear in a lot of ways. They're ignorant to, uh, they often take risks because they don't know any better. They've never been burned. They're not scarred yeah. um, as some of our seasoned um, seasoned partners. Uh, another another advantage that I've really uh, leveraged, again, naturally, uh, that I'll encourage any more seasoned professional to, to really rethink and uh, reflect upon is being inquisitive, uh, asking, not telling. I think sometimes we assume what our partners need and then we forget to truly ask and dig into what are those critical issues that are impacting business in my community instead of assuming or looking at economic data, why not go sit down face to face over a cup of coffee or across a desk from your business, you know, founders or your CEO CEOs in your community. So uh, rookies they don't know. Right. So they ask, they don't know naturally. So they ask. And so um, that's another, another advantage. And uh, another thing is pioneering uh, innovation. You're able to look at things with a fresh perspective, with a fresh set of eyes. Uh, Our, our industry and our, we've had to evolve. I think some leaders have been resistant to change and resistant to the um, evolution that has been necessary to be agile and responsive to our partner's needs. Whereas a rookie comes in and says, why are we doing it this way? Do we have to continue to do it this way? And um, then they think, well, this, this could be a better way. This could be more engaging, or this could really drill into the heart and the foundation of, of our partner's issues. So that's another uh, attribute that come naturally that, again, yeah. I would encourage all seasoned leaders to, to, so, to really think about. And I see, you know, some of these more seasoned leaders, it, it's harder for them to see things with a fresh set of eyes and being willing to change. And, and I think it boils down to the risk factor. You know, mm-hmm. if, if they've seen certain things throughout their career and not willing to take that risk, um, you know, certain things, it, it, it takes a while to build up a, a chamber to be a certain way or to operate a certain way. And then to, 
to look at it from a different perspective and possibly blow up whatever you've built. Yeah. There's a lot of risk to that. There is. And um, a lot of sunk cost, you know, so people look at it and yeah, I think of the the people that go to law school, you know, they invest a lot of time and a whole lot of money to go to law school and then they get their first job and they're like, I hate law, <laughs> but they feel like they have to do it because they've spent, you know, maybe hundreds of thousands of dollars in law school when the sooner they realize that they don't like that and they can get into something that they do like, then they're able to recoup that and go in a direction that they'd like and get more fulfillment out of life. And I see a lot of similarities to realizing where maybe some sunk costs are and just say, you know what, that's gone. We need to go this direction. And because there's a better way. So, you know, Brandon, um, that reminds me, what you just said reminds me of something that my mentor has always told me (laughs) reminding it's not about what we think. It's not about us, right? Who is our customer? Who are we out to serve? And a lot of those decisions become easier when we realize that it's not what we think. It's not about what we think or what we need. It's about our partners, our shareholders and investors in our case um, and what they need. And so if whatever X, Y, Z, fill in the blank, sacred cow that we have been uh, kind of kept on just because we just because we could or we felt the pressure or like you said, we've made that investment. If it's not, if it's no longer relevant, then why are we doing it? And, and again, that rookie mindset. So whether you're a natural rookie or you're thinking like a rookie, you're, you're, you're going back to basics and you're saying, you know, why, why are we doing this again? Uh, And what, how can we be more relevant? Because in my opinion, um, the pursuit of value and relevance is an everyday decision. Yes. Absolutely. And, and I think the more that you go about asking questions to find out what those needs are of your members, yes, it keeps that rookie mindset, but it's showing the value to those customers, those members too, of, you know, you value them and you want to make sure that you're serving them the best way possible. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what are some other attributes of a rookie that stand out to you as you think through this? Yeah, just to, again, to name a couple others, um, I've always been told, uh, I I think it's really tempting, particularly in our roles as chamber executives, to feel like you have to know it all, right? You're sitting in boardroom with your top leaders of your community. I don't want them to think that I don't have the answers, right? Yeah. However, that's not thinking like a rookie, right? That's not doing what a, that's not a rookie mindset. A rookie mindset leverages the skills and the um, strengths of those around them, right? They don't know it all, truly. They, they, they do lack experience and they do lack years of, of tenure, but rookies tend to surround themselves with people themselves with people that are stronger that would feel that would fit fill their voids right and emphasize and multiply their strengths so i think um having the rookie mindset set you team you tend to multiply and leverage the skill sets of those around you whether that's your board or whether that's your team your staff so that one's kind of tricky because, yes, it, it is leveraging that rookie mindset by surrend- surrounding yourself with people that have the skills and knowledge that you need to get the answers. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but it's also a skill set that you kind of need to develop to be able right. to to do that, to find those right people and to know when to ask the questions. And so, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, I don't know if you have any insight on how you would develop that skill set. And I'm, I'm kind of throwing that at you kind of out of the dark here, but <laughs> I'm okay. curious to hear your thoughts. It's okay. I mean, I think in terms of board governance and, and really engaging your board, you need to you need to understand who they are. You need to understand what their strengths are. You need to understand what they bring to the table. I hope that you're not asking just who's willing to serve on our board. Like, <laughs> no, no, you need to be strategic and select those um, with diverse backgrounds, you know, with diverse skill sets uh, that can really add and think of your strategic priorities. What are those? How can how can each board member lend, whether it's a lens, a unique lens or perspective or expertise that can truly push forward the agenda of the organization. Um, so I, you're right. It, it, I think oftentimes we don't leverage our board enough. And, and I'll be the first to raise my hand with that as well. Um, oftentimes we do death by reporting in our board meetings and we don't leave enough voids or white space, if you will, for discussion and question asking. And um, and then two on our teams, on our staff, I, I I'm so fortunate to have probably, I would say, the most talented, uh, the most talented staff um, from a chamber, certainly of our size across the country. Uh, we all bring different strengths to the table that um, that truly serve our partners well, um, and we continue to raise the bar. So um, again, that's challenging. That's definitely staffing in general or hiring is. And engaging a team is is challenging, but it also is equally rewarding if you're intentional and strategic about it. That's right. I, I've recently, a couple months ago, read uh, Dave Atkinson's new book, Horseshoes Versus Chess, and and he has a whole section devoted to your board and. The idea of the title horseshoes versus chess is some people look at a chamber as, you know, you go play horseshoes. You just throw the horse. You, all you have to do is get close and you get a point. And he explains that a chamber is much more like chess where you have different pieces. And some of those pieces may be your board members. It may be you know, strategic partnerships. Um, yes. But being able to get those on the board that will help you to get those points that you need, kind of advance those chess pieces towards your goal as a chamber is so important. Uh, yeah, and, and Brandon, uh, another stakeholder group that I'd be remiss if I didn't mention, and you just mentioned it, is those strategic partners and community partners. Um, that's a that's huge. That is huge. I mean, as, a, as an organization, I, I believe as chambers, we are the master conveners, right? We're the catalyst to get things done. And we're certainly the champions that think about business issues uh, day and night. We wake up thinking about things that other organizations don't think about. But yet we aren't the masters of all, right? We need partners in from our education uh, community. We need local government partners. Uh, we need healthcare partners uh, to be able to, again, achieve and advance our strategic priorities. And so if you're an, an executive out there uh, that is leading leading a chamber, I, I encourage you to think think about who who are those partners in the community that we need to we need to overlap and engage with more often. And sometimes those partners don't 
look like your typical that I just mentioned. You know, they might look like, um, I think of our like Central Latino, right? Or, um, you know, our housing authority. You know, these are these are partners in the past that we probably haven't ever crossed paths with that now more often we're we're having conversations about true business issues. Yeah, one of those strategic partners that I wouldn't normally think of, um, but I just saw this week, I, I wish I could attribute the right chamber to this that, that did this, but they pulled together a lot of the faith leaders in their community. And especially through COVID, I mean, yeah. a lot of the a lot of the times when somebody's having struggles with employment, one of the first people to find out about it is their church, you know, their pastor, they're, you know, yeah. they're, they're helping to pay the bills sometimes for these people. Yeah. So if you can leverage that knowledge from these faith leaders in your community and know some of these employment needs and they, they're full of information. And that's just one that I wouldn't normally lean on or think about, but there's so many different opportunities out there for strategic partnerships. Um, so I've, I've heard you mention a couple of times now um, throughout our conversation about your mentor and, and the importance of having a mentor. Um, I, I would assume, you know, it would be a, a good thing to pay, pay it forward as well to those in the future. You want to talk to us about kind of your, uh, your thoughts about trying to, to lead and encourage and maybe mentor those in the future to coming into the industry? Yes, uh, I definitely continually seek out, seek out mentors. Um, and again, that's very, that's also intentional. Um, but thankfully I was able to, uh, know and work with and alongside of, um, a chamber giant, uh, someone that has had more passion for this industry than anyone I've ever met ever to this day. Um, him and I still communicate uh, on a regular basis as much as as much as we can really just to keep him updated and uh, and then seek covet his his feedback on certain situations that come up that I've you know have never had come up. Yeah. Uh, so it's nice to have that individual uh, there and and I will encourage um, you know just as we are fighting workforce crisis in our own communities for our own business partners, I would say our chamber industry really, really um, is face will will face a crisis of our own if we're if we're not intentional about it. Um, we need young leaders to step up and serve in this community. I, I just got off actually a board meeting. I, I am the board president of our Carolina's Association of Chamber of Commerce Executives, and. I would say four out of the 15 represented on the call had openings, staff openings at their chambers. Um, and we all know, we see the lists of, of exec positions or CEO positions all across the country. Um, our, our boomer generation is, is retiring at a very rapid rate. And so um, I'm very passionate about that, obviously, that we need, we need strong leaders to step in these roles and I, even if you're young and you're inexperienced, that's, that's such the, that's what I hope that you take away from my story is you can still lead now. You might feel that, oh, you're not ready for that next step. Believe me, I had the same feelings, but again, leaning into the strengths that you do have um, and the respect that you have earned 
is, um, is so critical. And if I can be, if I can, if this, if you're listening to this and you're, you fall in a similar path of mine, uh, you maybe feel you're a younger professional and you feel that you have a lot to give. Um, you have a lot of passion for the work that we do, uh, feel free to reach out to me and I'll be happy to, um, to you know, empower you in your own mindset, um, <laughs> and lean into that. So I love that. And it, it's so important to to have mentors, to have people like you willing to be a mentor too, to help fill those positions for the future, for the future of the industry. But um, it, it's also worth mentioning, like you didn't just step into your role at 29 as president CEO. I mean, you had years right. at the chamber in different roles. Um, maybe touch on that just a minute. I, I don't know that we cover that while we were recording. We were talking off air before we got on, but um maybe just for somebody listening who wants to be a mentor, they see someone that has that potential for the industry, share how you got started and kind of how things evolved for you. Um, just a, a summary of that. Sure. Yeah. So chamber colleagues, I think it's important that we, we grow and foster our own within, you know, um, the fact of the matter is I did start out in a membership sales role, uh, at, at the organization, really right out of college. It was my second, second career after a brief stint in uh, market research. And uh, then I took on, I kept taking on responsibility. That's another thing about a rookie is you want to continue to learn. You're a continual, perpetual learner. Um, you haven't yet mastered any particular skill. So therefore you're just a sponge. And I think, again, any, any uh, veterans, uh, could, could really take an application from that. Uh, so I did hold several roles. I was, um, also senior vice president before, uh, my predecessor, uh, retired. And, uh, and then my executive committee came to me asking me to apply. They did a nationwide search, which again, I'd recommend if you are, uh, if you're in the vice president role, I would still encourage your board leadership, and also just for your own right to, to, for that credibility piece to compete uh, with a nationwide search so that they are certain your leadership is certain that they have, they have selected the right, the right leader to, to, to push the, the organization forward. So that's, that's a little bit about, about just my, my experience here. Yeah. I love that. And I think you've shared so many tips for uh, for individuals listening, whether they're still newer in the chamber industry or if they've been around for 30, 40, I think there's some still 50. I mean, you see at some of these different conventions and stuff, these milestone you know, years, um, but however long the listeners have been in the chamber industry, hopefully you can pick up some of these or be reminded of some of these rookie mindset um, attributes mm -hmm. to be able to, the biggest takeaway for me is the ask, you know, keep asking questions and keep being willing to learn, be that sponge to, to absorb things. But Lindsay, as we start wrapping things up, I wanted to ask you maybe for one tip or action item that a chamber champion listening could do to help take their organization up to the next level. I think, uh, Brandon, I'm reminded of a quote really that just summarizes this, this whole topic of, of that mindset shift to thinking like a rookie or leading like a rookie. And it's by Ray Kroc. So one of the founders of, of McDonald's and he said, and actually I, I 
I tweaked his quote just a little bit and I'll tell you how I've tweaked it. Okay. It's back to the mindset piece. So his quote says, when you're green, you'll grow. When you're ripe, you'll rot. So I tweaked it to say, when you think like you're green, you'll grow. When you think like you're ripe, you'll rot. And that sounds a little harsh, right? <laughs> sounds a little harsh, um, but I hope it's harsh enough to where it truly uh, challenges, but also empowers on one end and challenges um, my veteran colleagues on the other end that it's about the mindset. It's important to have experience and it's important to master skill. Don't get me wrong here, uh, right? It's important to continue to grow, but the whole the whole mindset of leveraging, uh, looking at your work as if you're looking at it for the first time, something that a, a, t- a natural rookie would do is a, a place of strength. It's a place of strength and your organization, your, your effectiveness as a leader will only improve and your effectiveness as an overall organization will uh, be deep, deepen and widen. I love that quote. And I'm so glad that you shared that with everyone. When you think like you're green, you'll grow. When you think like you're ripe, you'll rot. That is a huge takeaway. Um, Lindsay, as we look to the future of Chambers, how do you see the future of Chambers of Commerce and their purpose going forward? Uh, You know, Brandon, I believe without a shadow of a doubt, um, the need for strong, effective, and catalytic local chambers of commerce is more critical now than ever before. Uh, I I know our roles have drastically changed um, in a good way over the last year plus, I guess, 15 months at this point. I can certainly say that our organization today is much more relevant and, and than it was pre, pre-COVID. Um, you know, I think it's imperative that we as organizations, we as chambers adopt a missional mindset, right? So it's not, it's not about the parties and the festivals and the networking events, even though those may tackle a critical issue that's, that your business community or your local economy needs. Um, but I think we need to think of ourselves more as economic development catalysts. We are creating the sales material that will help grow our community, whether it's population for talent or whether it's from a tax-based perspective from from new industry partners and creating jobs. Um, I like to think of our role as chambers and occupying that, that space between what a business can control, has complete control over, whether it's your brand whether it's who you decide to hire, whether it's your operational procedures, right? You can control that up to you only. Um, And also there's this other space where they can't control, but yet those, those aspects directly impact their ability to be successful. We as a chamber, we're in that space. We We should occupy that space. So whether it's community vibrancy, livability, whether it's lo- local pool of qualified talent, whether it's population growth trajectory, infrastructure, 
that's that area that they have little control over within themselves that they need us to, to occupy that space on their behalf. Yeah. Very well said. Um, Lindsay, I appreciate you coming on the show with the, with me today. Um, for anyone who would like to reach out and connect with you or uh, learn more about your rookie mindset, uh, what would be the best ways for someone to reach out and connect? Brenda, before I say that, can I, can yeah. I add one more thing? Yes, please. And this is as a result um, this week of reading this ebook by EMSI, so MZ, Economic Modeling Software Inc. Some of you may be members of this data analytics company that does some economic modeling for communities. Uh, I encourage you to read their recent, it's called The Demographic Drought. Uh, we are all concerned with the lack of uh, workforce, right? All of this is not just a Catawba County issue, North Carolina issue. This is a nationwide issue. And uh, this report shows data that this is not a short term crisis as a result of the pandemic. This is a true tsunami and a demographic crisis that's been coming that was expedited as a result of the pandemic uh, due to low labor market participation, low birth rates. Um, mass, mass exodus of boomers and other COVID-related compounding factors. I just encourage, this is an area where our organizations have got to lead, um, have got to lead to be able to solve this complex issue. Uh, we're looking at a shortfall of 8.5 million workers in the years to come across the U.S. So um, again, Chamber Champions, if you have not had your hands on this report, The Demographic Drought, again, published by MZ, E-M-S-I, I encourage you to, I'm sure you can find it online. It's a, about a 43-page ebook, well worth your time, uh, well worth a board discussion over it on how you can get ahead of this and again, show leadership in your own communities, because this is going to impact all of our employers. It's certainly going to impact every aspects of our lives. Um, so. In fact, if you want to, if you're able to share that report with me, yes. I'll link to it in our show notes Great. so people Great. can access it easily. Right. I, I could, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that, yes. but my contact information, if you want to follow up with me um, is L Kiesler at katabachamber.org. Um, and if you want to visit our website, it's katabachamber.org, C-A-T-A-W-B-A, chamber.org, or we're on all the social media platforms as well, if you'd like to. Um, and then you can also reach me on my LinkedIn as well. All right. And I'll, I'll get all of that updated on our show notes for this episode as well, which will be found at chamberchatpodcast.com slash episode 127. But again, Lindsay, thank you so much for being with us today, sharing your your rookie mindset, your experiences. I think it's extremely valuable, and I hope everybody got a lot of takeaways from this. Thank you again, Brandon, for having me. If you are a Chamber professional, please subscribe to Chamber Chat Podcast in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. When you subscribe to Chamber Chat Podcast, new episodes will show up in your podcast app each week as they are released. 
If you're finding value in this podcast, please leave us a rating and a review in iTunes. But most importantly, please share Chamber Chat Podcast with your colleagues that are in the industry. Would you be interested in creating even more value from the processes that you're already doing on a daily basis? Swipe It has been one of my sponsors for Chamber Chat from the beginning. Swipe It provides credit card payment solutions that will save your chamber up to 40% on your processing fees. And Swipe It can integrate your credit card processing seamlessly into your existing membership software. Swipe It does not charge chambers to switch, and they will make switching simple. In addition to these savings, Swipe It has an affinity program for Chambers of Commerce, so you can earn more non-dues revenue to support your budget. Learn more about Swipe It by requesting your free cost savings analysis and become more profitable today by visiting chamberchatpodcast.com slash cc, as in credit card. Again, that's chamberchatpodcast.com slash cc, and you can join many other chambers as you begin swiping with Swipe It.